Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie discussion based right here in Chico, California. I'm Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. What is happening, everybody? This week on the show, we have a review of the new film Godzilla vs. Kong, starring Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Alexander Skarsgård, and many, many more. We've got beers from Russian River Brewing Company out of Santa Rosa, California. We'll be drinking two IPAs. The first is a New England IPA that goes by the name of Mind Circus. And the second is a beer that was originally made all the way back in 1944 called Happy Hops. That's right. Mind Circus and seven other beers will have their fates decided today as we discuss the results of our Elite Eight matchups in Beer Madness. That's our March Madness-style beer tournament where, with your help, we will determine which New England IPA will rule them all. To all of our KZFR radio listeners, you'll get a review of that first beer, the Beer Madness results, and the first portion of our discussion of Godzilla vs. Kong, which will, of course, be spoiler-free. To hear the full discussion, find this episode, plus more than 200 other film and beer conversations dating all the way back to 2016 at any of the places my friend Johnny Summers is going to tell you about. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a rating and a review or any other place that quality podcasts are found. You can follow us on Instagram for photos, Letterboxd for film reviews, and Untapped for beer reviews, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. If you want to write us more than a sentence or two, or even want to send us a voice memo, pack it all up in a good old-fashioned email. Send it to me at fhccast at gmail.com. If you want to support our show with a couple bucks a month, you can do that on patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. We've been doing that since this show started. It's a great way to keep the wheels from falling off of this thing. And if you have like a dollar per week that you want to give us, you get access to all of our bonus content. You get access to fun events. Sometimes we drop beers on your doorstep. You get discounts on merchandise. It's a whole lot of fun. Um, So on that note, patrons, look uh, on Sunday. There's going to be part one of our top 10 films of 2020 in your feed. That'll be movies uh, six up to 10. Uh, from both of us. And then the following week, it'll be uh, five through one. So it'll be a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun doing that the other day. And I think you'll enjoy it as well. Johnny Summers, I believe that's all the housekeeping we have. So should we get into beer? God, yes. I love beer and I want to drink some, can we? Okay, so like I said earlier, we're covering Russian River today on the show. We've covered Russian River a bunch in the past. Um, In November 2018, we drank their Windsor Porter. Then all the way back on episode two of this podcast in October 2016, we drank a bunch of their beers, including Supplication, Blind Pig, Consecration, a few others. Uh, More recently, in November of 2019, we drank their Wine Barrel-Aged Pilsner, which was called Intinction. That beer clocked in at 8.25%, and we both really liked it. I came away giving it a 9 out of 10, and you had it at an 8.9 out of 10. My point is, it's safe to say that you and I are longtime fans of this brewery. Hopefully that remains true after today's beers. So, sir, what are we drinking first, and why does it sound so familiar to me? Yes, our first beer is a hazy IPA called Mind Circus, and it sounds familiar because we entered it uh, as the creators of the tournament into our beer madness Hazy New England IPA Tournament. Ah, yes. Yeah, this beer has actually made it all the way to the, the Elite Eight, the results of which we will be sharing in mere moments. Until then, let's talk about this beer. This the guy cranks out 7% ABV. From mm. their website, I read, Mind Circus IPA has a mild bitterness and a thick, luscious mouthfeel. This style of IPA is what is being called in the beer world a quote-unquote hazy IPA. Thanks, Russian River. Dominantly herbaceous, 
and grassy with moderate notes as well as some bright citrus. Uh, moderate tropical notes, excuse me. Oh, yeah. This uniquely hazy IPA gains its flavor of grapes and grass from the Nelson hops and its tropical notes of pineapple and mango from the Strata hops. It is unfiltered, leaving a quote-unquote haze and some yeast for more texture. Oats were also used to add to the softer mouthfeel and hazy appearance of this beer. Max, have you had a chance to drink it? Are you smelling it? Are you looking at it? What are you doing with this beer right now? Yeah, so I've poured it, um, and I got to say, the first thing that jumps out to me is the nose on this thing. It's it's definitely it's definitely kind of earthy. Herbaceous is right. I might go far as to say it smells kind of spicy. Um, there's there's a lot going on. It. I, by the way, I love that they put hazy IPA in quotes a couple times, like they write quote haze, like you said, um, as if uh, this is sort of a new phenomenon because it is a new beer in their lineup. Uh, like we mentioned, we've been drinking their beers for five years and they've been making beers for quite a bit longer. But uh, this Mind Circus beer, the hazy thing that they've done recently is relatively new and like much, much later than a lot of other breweries. So like, I think it's fun that they're explaining to us what it is on yeah. their website. feels we a know. little, little handholdy, doesn't it? You're, yeah, you're behind the curve anyways, so whatever. Um, so no, I've, I've smelled it, have not tasted it yet. What about you? I have just tasted it, and I'd like to share my thoughts. I'm ready. Please. I'm ready to break this down. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it first, it smells very grassy, very herbaceous. They're right on with that. Uh, and then you taste it, and it, it gets just really, for me, it immediately starts to taste like musty and a little muddled and a little mm. squishy. Yeah. It has like an overripe fruit thing happening. It's definitely hazy and there's some sweetness, but there's an underlying like dankness and hoppiness that that really feels conflicted. Like I like this beer. I definitely like it more than I'd say probably 65% of New England or hazy IPAs just because it does have like that nice dankness. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this beer doesn't really know what it wants to be and it didn't pick a lane and like super stick with it. Uh, it definitely has like an overripe orange type thing happening. The mouthfeel is way too thick. For me, it just becomes undrinkable really quickly just because it does sit so heavy just because of those oats and all of the Nelson hops and all that. It, and also the extra yeast in there. It just it leaves me feeling really heavy in the tongue and just not as crisp as it could be. Like it almost feels like this beer is kind of a neutered version of a really great beer that they didn't mm. filter to try and like fill a stylistic check mark box instead of letting this beer evolve the way that it needed to. It, it feels a little forced and like this beer is just kind of shy of greatness for me. Yeah, I want to say, because this is what I'd be wondering if I were listening to us talk now, and, and I want to say this was bottled on February 4th, so we're drinking it just over two months old, um, and I think, and you can correct me if you disagree, but I think on the show we try to, we like we bought, the, these weren't shipped to us the moment they were bottled, we bought them at a bottle shop here in Chico, yeah. uh, on a very consumer level, like we want to review the beers that we'd be getting in our beer market, um, and I think from that perspective, a two month old beer, totally fine though, from a slightly snootier beer perspective, like I bet you this beer is a little bit less of that sort of muted muddly take taste when it's fresher. Um, and I'd, I'd love to put these side by side, especially cause you mentioned it's in our beer madness tournament. Um, I'd like to try like this one with a side by side with like the very fresh version, but for now, um, yeah, I mean, I, I tasted it. Like a lot of what you're saying is super correct. Um, there is this sort of soft rounded kind of almost, um, indecisive between sweet and spiciness thing going on. Um, which I don't love, but I definitely don't hate. 
Um, it's not as sweet for me as I would like the style to be. Like I know you and I are, are different on this front, but like I don't say I don't think that I would like it more than 65% of New England IPAs, but it is pretty good. I also think you're hitting on something really important when you mention the uh the mouthfeel. Um I mean they said it in the in the description. They said we they left some yeast for more texture. We also added oats uh to add to the softer mouthfeel and hazy appearance. Um and I just I don't know that that's necessarily to the beer's service. You mentioned it's only seven percent. Um, but it does feel quite a bit heavier to me. Like it's not a light crushable New England. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's not bright and crisp and drinkable or really approachable. It is definitely like on the way heavier side of New England IPAs. And I, I can't say that I love it, man. I think it's solid, but I don't know if it's something I'm going to reach for again. And I'm any further than this, I'm starting to feel a little, little judgmental, a little nitpicky. Okay. So. Okay. Let, uh, let me say one more thing before we read it. Um, I just think it was interesting. They pointed out that, or, well, I think it's interesting. They pointed it out, but also that they chose to use Nelson hops and strata hops. Um, and they mentioned half of what strata is known for in their description. They said tropical notes, pineapple, mango. Sure. But also strata, very famously pretty danky, really pungent and like pretty, pretty weedy. And that is the part of this beer that I think is the conflicting part where it's like, I've got this really sort of nice round sweetness, but there's like this, this really funky dankness that's running underneath everything. And it's just, it's leaving me a little off balance. Yeah. I think that's 100% correct. Like this beer didn't really pick a lane. It didn't fully commit to being a new England or a hazy. It feels like, like the really good IPA that they should have filtered, but they didn't. And here's what we got. So I don't know. Not not too not too hot on this beer, man. Kind of a kind of a bummer. It's it's middle of the road, slightly better for me. Uh, yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. so mine circus Johnny Summers from Russian River. Out of ten, what would you land on? Out of ten, this beer feels like a six two. Like it's solid, better than a lot, not as good as many. Yeah, for me it's a six. I think, yeah, what you're saying, it is it's slightly better than middle of the road. I think if you're not if if you align more with Johnny's palatial sensibilities, palate sensibilities. Like this might be a little bit more enjoyable because it's not so overtly sweet. But if you find yourself aligning more with me, I think it leaves a bit to be desired in that realm. Um, that said, once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you get a chance to try Mind Circus, let us know what you think. Send us an email, fhccast at gmail.com. Johnny, we've been teasing beer madness a little bit here in these first bits. Um, and it seems only right to talk about the results since Mind Circus was up in the Elite Eight. What do you think? I would love to, man. I super am excited about our, our our Elite Eight results. So let's dig in. Okay, as a reminder, we had Pulp from Fieldwork going up against Make America Juicy again from Heretic. We had Disco Ninja from Revision against Greengate from Secret Trail. We had Mind Circus, like we just talked about, from Russian River up against Socks versus Sandals from Humble Sea. We had Soaked from New Glory going up against Num Num Juice from Fall River. Johnny Summers, give me how the first uh, matchup broke out. So the first matchup was Pulp from Fieldwork against Make America Juicy Again from Heretic. And Make America Juicy Again won with 55.97% of the vote. This was a pretty closely contested matchup, but Heretic pulls it out to advance to the final four with Make America Juicy Again, which I think both of us are going to try and drink all four of the final four beers and touch on at some point in next week's episode. So stick around for that. But matchup number one, Make America Juicy Again with the victory, our first beer in the final four. Max, our next matchup was Revision versus Secret Trail. Tell me more about it. Yeah, this one hurt, man. It's one of those that both Disco Ninja and Green Gate are very, very much drank and loved in Chico. 
and I lo- I love both of those beers, man. I was it's I felt so bad like when I was making these matchups and emailing breweries, like I felt terrible. It's like I love both of these, and like one of you has to lose. Um, and the one that lost in this matchup was Disco Ninja. Greengate took it with sixty three point two two percent of the vote. Um, which you know I'm I'd be fine with either one. They're both great beers, and and somebody somebody has to lose. So Greengate's moving forward. There you go. You know, it's a great matchup. Two local favorites. Sad to see one go, but there has to be a loser in every matchup. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the beer that we're covering this week that you just heard us review, Mind Circus. It was up against Socks and Sandals from Humble Sea, if I'm not mistaken. I You're almost not. said Humble Fog. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, they have a beer called Something Fog. It distracted me. But anyways, yeah. Mind Circus, Russian River versus Socks and Sandals from Humble Sea. Socks and Sandals knocked off... Russian River with 61.74% of the vote. This beer is a dark horse in this tournament, knocking off Julius, our yeah. number one. No, it was our number two overall. Yes, and then also knocking off Mind Circus from Russian River, two of the most notable and heavy-hitting breweries in the country. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you're hearing my voice, do not sleep on Humble Sea. They're making... Fantastic beer. Socks and sandals, 61.74% of the vote. It's in the final four. Max, please tell me about our last matchup. I was very excited about this. I believe it's a matchup of our one and two, the championship from last year. Yeah, this is a this is a this is an out for blood kind of round. Because like you mentioned, New Glory was up against Fall River last year with uh Hexagenia and Ubadank in our West Coast tournament. And so the fact that they got matched up in the Elite Eight was, uh, it had me biting my nails a bit. So they had soaked from New Glory and Num Num Juice from Fall River. And I was kind of following along with the results the first couple of days. And it was neck and neck for like 80% of the time this poll was open. Like it was fluctuating between like 51%, 53 and then it would kind of shift and, and it would go the opposite direction. Um, and then something happened in the last day or two. And the winner ended up with 75.35% of the vote, the most decisive victory in our Elite Eight. And that was Num Num Juice. Fall River pulling it out again. Uh, They're not gloating about it. They're not rubbing New Glory's face in it. But that is a decisive win over Soaked, if I've ever seen one. Yeah, that's a pretty handy defeat. Sad to see New Glory go. But the the incumbent champion... Fall River with a decisive victory, steamrolling their way into the final four, where they will be going up against Socks and Sandals, that mm. that dark horse of the <laughs> beer that has just been. So if Num Num Juice is a steamroller, Socks and Sandals is a thief in the night. It is coming up behind you with a very small knife to stab you repeatedly and steal <laughs> your pearls. Yeah, Socks and Sandals sure. is a very sneaky ninja-like beer. Oh, I'm excited for that matchup. And also in our second matchup of the final four, we have Make America Juicy again going up against Greengate, our local Chico friends of the show, Secret Trail. Mm. If you want to vote, which you really should, because this is exciting stuff. If you have a dog in this fight, if you have opinions, or if you just think this is fun, head on over to our website, freshhopcinema.com. Click on the Vote in Beer Madness tab where you can make your voice heard in deciding our Final four matchups help us set the table for the championship, which we will cover next week on the show. Cannot yeah, wait man, for that. I just got to say, too, like there's there two great matchups, like you mentioned, but the, the Make America Juice Again versus Greengate is particularly interesting to me because you have that local pull. Now, when we took submission brackets from listeners and made our own, um, I think both of us had in round one, Hazy Little Thing from Sierra Nevada advancing over Make America Juicy Again. Yeah. 
And in the first round, Heretic came in and knocked out another local favorite, Sierra Nevada. So while I want to proceed with confidence and be like, oh yeah, for sure, like Green Gate's gonna take it. The secret show, people love it, whatever, like we'll vote. I don't know. It's also a very, very dark horse in this race, man. It's like, it's coming out of nowhere. So I think, yeah, definitely, definitely some polls to watch. Get out and vote. If you care a lot about these beers or or about the breweries, support them, you know? Um, yeah, voting's open until Wednesday, April 14th at noon. So get your votes in. And like you said, Johnny, we'll talk about uh, who goes to the championship next week on the show. However, until madness continues, let's talk about Godzilla vs. Kong. It's a new movie that's out for streaming or theaters if you have a theater open near you. Um, if you haven't seen it, we're not going to spoil it, so don't worry about it. We are going to play you a trailer, so stick around. We'll talk about it right after that. We have to take it. We need Kong. The world needs him. To stop what's coming. This child, she's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. And I think that in some way, Kong did the same. Kong and his protectors undertake a perilous journey to find his true home. Along for the ride is Gia, an orphan girl who has a unique and powerful bond with the mighty beast. However, they soon find themselves in the path of an enraged Godzilla as he cuts a swath of destruction across the globe. The initial confrontation between the two titans, instigated by unseen forces, is only the beginning of the mystery that lies deep within the core of the planet. That's right. That's Godzilla vs. Kong. It was directed by <laughs> Adam Wingard. Screenplay was written by Eric Pearson and Max Bornstein. Our cast includes Millie Bobby Brown as Madison Russell, Alexander Skarsgård as Dr. Nathan Lind, Rebecca Hall playing Dr. Eileen Andrews, and Brian Tyree Henry playing Bernie Hayes. This was originally slated for a November 2020 release. The film was delayed due to COVID, obviously, and now it is available for streaming on HBO Max or in local theaters where you can see it on the big screen. This runs 113 minutes long. 
Yeah, this is one of the situations where doing research for the show, I learned that this was technically part of a greater universe, and it's it's called the MonsterVerse, and that's it's the fourth film um, in this sort of this sort of canon from Legendary Pictures, and and that includes Godzilla from 2014, Kong Skull Island from 2017, which we covered on this podcast, and Godzilla King of the Monsters from 2019, which after seeing Kong Skull Island, you and I did not see. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, that that's how invested I am in Godzilla versus Kong. And um, I think it's probably worth noting that this was definitely your pick. Like you were pushing for this and I was kind of along for the ride. So I want to throw it to you first. How did you how did you feel about this? Also, how do you feel about Godzilla and King Kong movies in general? Yeah. So little background. I'm way more familiar with Godzilla movies. I used to watch them with my dad, who's a big sci fi nut. Grew up watching Star Trek, Star Wars, all the Godzilla movies, all the old ones from like the 50s and 60s. Just fantastic cheese B movie, like wearing a man, guy wearing a rubber suit, smashing scale miniatures of Japan and just silly, silly goose times. Less versed in the Kong universe. I know there's been a bunch of movies about Kong. Mm -hmm. I saw the original and really didn't catch up with Kong until Skull Island in 2017. So a little bit more familiar with Godzilla and his adversaries. Um, But also, I like I said, I've seen Godzilla, Skull Island, somehow missed King of the Monsters in 2019, probably because we were just, there was a, a heavy movie year. Uh, oh know. yeah, you, I specifically. I think we talked about this. I was like, I don't think we need to see it. It was a big movie year too, but I think yeah, we might have had to prioritize other stuff. But I yeah. wasn't clamoring to see it necessarily. Yeah, but looking back, like I want to watch it now because it's part of this kind of monster verse that I'm I'm enjoying thoroughly. Yeah, okay. And so that brings us to Godzilla versus Kong. It is an action packed, just rock'em sock'em robot type situation between <laughs> Kong a, and Godzilla. That's a deep cut. That's a reference you just made. Yeah, where that's we great. are just just neck deep and these two in an MMA style no holds barred cage match with full scale cities as their octagon. And I think we're at a point in cinema where our special effects have gotten so good that it it elevates beyond a B movie into like a serious action adventure creature feature with these just two titans fighting with cities like Hong Kong as their ring. And yeah. I was here for it, man. I had popcorn. I had a cocktail. I was so ready after all the serious, depressing Oscar winners that we've watched recently. <laughs> I just wanted to turn my brain off and watch monsters smash. And dude, it washed over me like a wave of Kool-Aid. It was just not good for me, but delicious. And it didn't do anything to make my brain better, but it made my heart happy. And it made me just giddy because this movie really crushes it as far as this is everything I wanted from this movie. It it delivered 100% in its promise of just nonstop action and crazy over-the-top monster fights. I loved it, man. I'm going to say it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. There was a problem. And the problem for me was all these people talking. All these actors that wanted to like have lines and like get paid and okay. like, and, like okay. be characters. None of that felt necessary. Okay, let me let me jump in because I think I know where you're going. Wouldn't there be a case to be made that in order to really feel invested, and, and I get what you're saying too. If it's just a monster fight, it's a monster fight. But for people that want to feel invested in a human element, like I think you have to have those characters, no? No, you do. And they're very surface level. Like 
None of them really went deep. The motivations were about as deep as, you know, a quarter inch puddle. The, sure. the plot was not complex. It was very mustache twirly, straightforward. Like you really have to commit to like wanting to watch this movie because those aspects of the way that the actual plot cr- progresses through the dialogue and, and the actions of these characters, mm-hmm. it is not advanced cinema stuff. We're not dealing with it's like, not hard to track. It's yeah. not hard to track. Okay. It's there to fill in the space between the monsters beating the snot out of each other. And mm-hmm. also they want you to care about this guy's podcast. Millie Bobby Brown is everywhere. She's in multiple countries. We'll get to that. That was, that was wild. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it has to be there. And I think it's she's not in the cast credits on my notes but the 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 young orphan girl who is also deaf that can communicate with kong i think she was probably had the most emotional depth and she didn't say a word so i think that's not only a testament to that young girl's acting also to the level of of writing and acting of all the other characters i liked alexander skarsgard's character but he was a caricature of a doctor i mean there was there like i said there's not a lot of depth to these characters but they they serve their role and they propel the plot of monster high stakes violence in a way that I found sufficient enough to get me from A to B. So yeah. overall, I love this movie. It was a breath of fresh air. It was a brain turn off. It was like just watching race cars or something fun and silly and shiny mm-hmm. and happy. And I loved it. What do you think? So just to give credit where it is due, uh, the girl you're describing is uh, who plays Gia in this movie is named Kaylee Hoddle. So okay. shout out to her. Yeah, I think she was good. There's yeah. also some other people. Like, there's a lot. This is where I'm going to agree with you when it comes to because I think backstory is good. Like, I, for me, I need to care about it a little bit. And as much fun as it is to watch these two beat each other, I don't necessarily care um, on any real personal level. So to have characters like the Millie Bobby Brown character trying to do her best to kind of save the world with help of her sidekick and, and Brian Tyree Henry is the podcaster, Bernie Hayes that used to work at the company apex. I think that's all unnecessary, maybe not evil, but, um, you know, distraction maybe, or, or fluff that needs to be in there to make most people care about what's happening. My thing is there's a ton of technical jargon and backstory that I definitely don't care about stuff like, uh, it's called like apex cybernetics. That's this very mysterious company that's working and, and trying to get stuff done. And you can tell they're evil. And there's also this theory about the hollow earth where Kong came from. There's so much exposition. I'm just trying to keep up. I started watching this movie on an evening after a couple of drinks thinking, sure, I can keep up with this. And there was so much technical stuff that I was like, I think I have to finish this in a different mindset at the very least. So I did. And to some extent, I just wanted to sit back and, and watch what you're describing, which you do get in this movie, which is them just fighting on a grand scale and destroying cities and doing cool, you know, lava laser breath. That's awesome. But it yeah. did take a lot to get to that point. It did. And it felt close to too much. Like if there would have been much more of the dialogue and the plot and the forced like exposition, mm-hmm. it would have felt oversaturated. But I feel like they did just enough to get me there. Yeah, I think the momentum was pretty, pretty on point as far as it could have been. Cause you do the worst thing is when you get sort of that buildup and then there'll be sort of a mini confrontation and you have to deal with another 30 to 40 minutes of more buildup. And I think for the most part, this movie's on a pretty steady trajectory when it comes to its action building up. 
Like once it starts, it kind of goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And I think that's great. I, that's I'm here for that part as well. So I have to ask, did you like it? I mean, yeah, ish. I don't, I'm not going to watch it again. I don't think, um, I liked it. I'll say I liked it. Definitely didn't love it. You said you loved it. I loved Is there it. anything you, besides the, uh, besides the oversaturation of lack I, of character development, is there anything else you didn't like? Um, no, that was, those were my main gripes, man, where that just, it, it, it got bogged down in those parts for me. I guess they were essential to, you know, maintaining character development over these four movies. You've got established characters that, that keep on going. So I mean, you have to give that the respect it's due, but, but yeah, it was, it was the bread in the way of the meat in the sandwich of why I was here. All right. Fair enough. Johnny, we will talk about this a little bit more later, obviously, and maybe get into some spoilers. But before that, do you want to give me a rating for Godzilla versus Kong out of 10? I do. Okay. What you got? This movie's an, an 8.7. <laughs> it's an 8.7? Yeah, man. My guy, that's so high. Are you I sure that's what you want to go I told you I loved with? it. Dude. Oh, my Lord. You know, I judge, like, the thing is, we judge movies differently. You go, I like, know. against every movie ever, and I go against other action movies that are just made to eat popcorn so yeah. like this is this is top tier stuff man this is top shelf all right all action right. liquor all right well i feel kind of bad i i was gonna give it a five but then your enthusiasm i want to give it a six at the very least i, I can give it a six out of ten in pretty good faith because it is doing a good job of what it's trying to do unlike that you remember that movie geostorm with gerard butler by chance yeah, i do man i turned that movie on stream one time and i swear to you it was like an hour in and I hadn't seen a single <laughs> raindrop and I turned that movie off. Cause I, at least, you know, at least I got what I was kind of hoping to get in this movie. Yeah. It knows what it is, man. It knows what it's here for. And you know, I rate movies really high that make me just happy. pure joy. Just mm-hmm. happy. Like I said, it washed over me like a wave of Kool-Aid. <sighs> All right. Once again, we've been talking about Godzilla versus Kong. It is available to stream on HBO Max, or if you have a theater open near you, you can probably see it at that theater. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you've seen this movie, we want to know what you think. So get in touch. Find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema. Send an email to fhccast at gmail.com or head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com for film reviews, beer reviews, beer madness, and podcast episodes dating all the way back to 2016. To our KZFR listeners, the full-length version of today's conversation will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., wherever quality podcasts are found. And to all of our podcast listeners, we'll be right back after this. After a long day of battling giant lizards and gargantuan gorillas, I am exhausted and I need to relax with a nice cold beer and possibly a burger. And I'm on a budget, so I'm looking for some place with a great happy hour. Recently discovered the Handlebar Chico. They have an amazing happy hour, seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m., where I can save money on draft beer, cocktails, and half-off bottles of wine. I'm going to go in the bathroom and rinse off the, the lizard sweat from my face and the gorilla snot from my eyes, and I'm going to enjoy myself at the Handlebar. We think you should do the same. Hop in your gravity-defying spaceship, leave the hollow earth, come back to the top side, head on down to the handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street, right here in Chico, California. Again, happy hour, seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. Don't miss out on it. We promise you will thank us. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Okay, one final warning. Spoilers inbound for Godzilla versus Kong. 
Um, I don't know how you want to start it, dude. Maybe you just take it away and we go from there. Well, so there was predictable, and then it became unpredictable in that uh, player three entered, and that was really when things got sideways in this movie for me. At what point I, did that become predictable? Or, or Because at some point, they kind of telegraph that that might be happening, that being Mechagodzilla, which is like a yeah, thing. Even I know about Mechagodzilla. Yeah, but there was a couple ways they could have played it. Like, you know, Godzilla defeats Kong and then has to face off against Mechagodzilla, right. and there's a separate match. Where I, What I thought was interesting was the way they played it, that um, Mechagodzilla was basically kicking everyone's ass, mm-hmm. and then... The little the the little deaf orphan has to be like, no, you guys your are friends. not your friends, and if you fuck this up, we're all gonna die. So basically, like Kong, <laughs> yeah. don't yeah, like come on, man, like hey, be a be a bro. Also, and, it's really cool because you feel, you see that side of of Godzilla almost all the time. He's more stereotypically sort of the destructive monster. So in that yeah. scene where he could have killed Kong but doesn't, mm-hmm. as the audience were like, oh, maybe that's what for me. It was like they're gonna both fight the big dude. I love a team yeah. up though, so I'm fine with that. Like that, I think that was obviously the best fight scene of the movie is when they did their combos. It was cool. Yeah, man. Like I loved the team up. I loved when when Kong was pinned down mm-hmm. by Mecha Godzilla and he was holding out the axe, and then yeah. Godzilla charged it up. It was just like ah, oh, just Chef's kiss, perfect. Like so, <laughs> man, it was everything I wanted. Did you connect the dots that the axe blade was? A different a Godzilla's stuck. spinal thing, yeah. Because I didn't. I was like, I was like "What I was is like, that?" Was, yeah, yep. I was like, "That's a Godzilla spine." Oh shit! Because that's where, like, yeah. when he lights up, that's where it lights up. And I just thought, like, he, he was drawing power from the Hollow Earth thing. Also, by the way, not related, but I would like to find some people that still believe in Hollow Earth and then put them in a room with people that are flat earthers and then have them just talk and then give them knives because they both don't think that it's. I mean, it's round, but like they think there's a bigger problem and a conspiracy, and then <laughs> just be like, it's. Wait, it could be hollow, but it's flat. So how could it be hollow and flat? <laughs> I just think that we're living, flat. we're living in a Reese's cup. <laughs> the middle missing, the middle missing. There's yeah. no peanut butter. Right, right. The worst is just a piece of chocolate. Then what a bummer. We're living that would on be. a, we're living, we're living on a disc. Yeah, chocolate disc. Uh, I digress. What were you saying? Uh, I don't remember. Just how awesome it was. And I mean, there's that was the major spoiler. Really, is just that Mechagodzilla yeah. becomes sentient and like takes over like they pump it full of the energy source and yeah like disconnects and it's like nope this is my life now and i'm a robot and i'm strong yeah so this is the part that definitely took some research for me to figure out what was happening because they make a point to when we first kind of get the reveal that there is some sort of machine learning stuff it's in the skull of another dead animal creature titan Ghidorah. Yeah. Great. I don't know what Ghidorah is. You obviously do, but it I was th- a th- it happened yeah. in the last movie. Ghidorah is essentially a three-headed dragon, like a hydra. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't understand what that was, and then apparently the guy that was telepathically manipulating Mechagodzilla for a minute there is the son of somebody from another movie, also, which I guess I'm supposed to feel was significant, but it didn't necessarily have any real consequences neither did like most of the human bad guys get taken care of pretty quickly without much drama in this movie like when kong squishes that ship when they're in the hollow earth area just smashes Mm -hmm. that one evil girl who's like sending the information to daddy she goes she said something like daddy always gets what he wants or something like that and i was just like you wrote that come on or father father gets what he wants yeah that one made me feel like just i just 
from me, from a writing perspective, like you're really just going to put that in this script and call it be like, perfect. First draft done. Send it to print. Go. <laughs> yeah. Like someone decided that that was a good enough line for that scene. I could write six better ones off the top of my head. I won't, but I could. So. With uh, apex information gatherers. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. so there's that kind of stuff that we could probably just talk about nitpicking, but it is sort of, we've both said this nice to get onto this movie, even though I don't like movies like this all the time, it's been a heavy couple of weeks with film. So I'm happy to not necessarily nitpick this one to death. Yeah, I'm, I am too, man. I don't know much else that I want to spoil. I I thought the podcaster character was, was fine. Yeah. Um, I liked the little, uh, I want to say, New Zealander. His name's Julian Boy. Dennison. Yeah, wasn't he in Hunt for the Wilder People? He was in Hunt for the Wilder People. He was the kid. He was the kid in Deadpool Two that got really mad and shoots fire. His name's like Fire Fist or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kid. He's got yeah, like did you. Yeah, go ahead. Did Did you ever watch Hunt for the Wilder People? Yeah, you told me to. Yeah, but did you watch it? Yeah, it was so good. It was so good. Uh, Sam Sam Neil, huh? Yeah. Yeah, pretty good like movie. He was great in that. It was really fun seeing him, and I recognized the accent immediately. And yeah. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. it's the dude from I love that. Yeah, what did you wait? So, what do you think of Sam Neill as being from? No, I meant uh the, oh. the young man. Oh, Julian. Obviously, Madison? yeah. Yeah, no, Sam Neill is from Jurassic Park. There's, oh, see, I think Merlin. Think what? Merlin? I don't know. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, there was my dad really was into that kind of He was into high fantasy too, so we watched a lot of that kind of stuff, and that's what I mean. I mean, Sam that makes Neill sense. From. Mm-hmm. Makes that makes sense, but yeah, first time I think I ever saw Sam Neill was Jurassic Park. That's fair. That's a, I mean, that's a pretty iconic Sam Neill role, so fair. Yeah, but Merlin sounds dope. Was I don't think I've ever seen that. I think it was called Merlin. He plays the wizard Merlin. You might have <clears> guessed. <throat> um, yeah, titular. Maybe it was fine. Who knows? I can't remember. It was. I haven't seen it in so long. But I, yeah, I'm with you on the on the Brian Tyree Henry character, Bernie Hayes. He's he used to work for Apex Cybernetics, and then he's a conspiracy theorist podcaster, which I can you know that feels I can relate to a podcaster. So whatever, I was with him and and Millie Bobby Brown and Julian Dennison's little side quest. I think it was fine, though definitely the worst attempts at comic relief ever. Yeah, and at least not bad. ever, but in this movie for sure. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. bad. It was the part where I'm like, can we just get back to the other storyline? Mm-hmm. Please, like, I did not care about Millie Bobby Brown's relationship with her father. Yeah, Kyle Chandler in this is a weird move too. I don't, uh, I don't get it. I don't know why they chose him. He doesn't have a lot to do. He's the deputy director of special projects and animal behavior and communication specialist. Yeah, and I don't know. Whatever you can have it. Wasn't wasn't he like in ER? Isn't that where I know him from? Maybe. Like, he was in yeah. Friday Night Lights. Did never watch that. I mean, either. But people people know him from that. He was in um, what else? Let me look it up real quick. Friday, yeah. He's got Bloodline, he, Wolf of Wall Street. He was in for a minute. He's got that face where you're like, I know that guy. Yeah, he's very approachable that way. But I don't, I yeah. don't know. You think in movie or or TV? Uh, I ER the television. Show. Oh, you you, like, you actually think it was specifically ER? Yeah. Maybe or like Grey's oh, Anatomy. Yeah, he was in Grey's Anatomy for four episodes. Oh, that so, doesn't count. Where the hell is he? I feel like he was a main character in a show for a long time. Mm. And that's where I know him from. But it doesn't matter at all. Okay. Then let's not. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't have anything else on this movie. I mean, I loved it. I think it was an awesome. Yeah. Just mind cleanse of a movie. Like if you want to feel a little bit dumber, but super entertained, (laughs) it's it's the movie for you. You know, that's a good scale because probably the dumber you get, the the more easily you can be entertained. So fun. You know? Yep. I think that works. Uh, all right, man. I think I'm pretty good on uh, Godzilla versus Kong as well. As a reminder, it was eight, seven for you, six for me. Seems fair. 
And we weren't just blowing smoke earlier. If you do see this movie, let us know what you think. We'd really love to hear it. I, though, Johnny, am just about out of beer. So if you're down, I'd like to take one more break and come back and drink our second beer of the day. What do you think? I am out of beer. For the love of God, nothing would make me happier than another beer. We'll be right back. Johnny Summers, one of my favorite things to do is try lots of different beers, but I don't like feeling bloated, and that's how I feel after I drink like 12 full beers. What I like to do is pour just a tiny, tiny bit of beer and see if I like it, and then if I do, I can go have more, or if I don't like it, I can try a different beer. Do you happen to know a place where I can do that? Oh, buddy boy, I've got a place for you. It's the beer bar of your dreams for people with commitment issues. It's the Commons right here in Chico at 2412 Park Avenue, where you can try Every single beer you want without committing to a full pour. You can try a little bit. If you like it, a half a glass worth, you pour a half a glass. It's up to you. You control your experience. It's really fun. You get to try a little bit of everything. Find what you love. Try things you might not normally try. Have a great experience with some good people. And I know some amazing people that play music there sometimes, like this guy, Max, over here. Hey-o. So check it out. Commons, right here in Chico, 2412 Park Avenue, Tell them Max and Johnny sent you and check out our Beer Madness banner while you're there. And we're back from the break for beer number two. That beer is Happy Hops, like we mentioned earlier. It's an IPA, Russian River still, 6.5%. And on their website, they say this. Happy Hops was originally brewed by the Grace Brothers Brewery back in 1944 right here in Santa Rosa. Their brewery went out of business in the 1960s, but we wanted to resurrect Happy and a new fun beer for him to enjoy. It's also a way for us to pay homage to the Grace family and their brewing pioneer history. Happy Hops is an incredibly hoppy India pale ale with an immense hop aroma and flavor and mild bitterness. Johnny Summers, have you opened and poured yours? Oh, and I have consumed some. Oh, buddy, let me tell you. Before you do, let me tell you, because I got this one. And this is if, <laughs> if you don't have ears behind the scenes in this podcast, some, if you're not on Patreon, for sure. You don't know this, but sometimes I will unplug my beer fridge, which is in our studio here, and I will unplug it because it makes noise during recording, and I often forget to plug it back in. This happened to me yesterday somehow when we did our top 10. I don't know how, but I keep forgetting. And as a result, I noticed that before we sat down, so I at some point you're going to totally see where this is going. I put my Happy Hops from my warm unplugged-in fridge to the freezer before we started. Now my Happy Hops is frozen <laughs> Oh my and I God. I keep thinking it's going to thaw and it's, I'm getting little bits at a time. My left leg is completely soaked because it's doing that thing where it's warming up and the pressure changes and it's just pushing beer out the top. So you did basically everything <laughs> in the fucking dictionary <laughs> under how to absolutely make a beer undrinkable. Let's Listen, unplug our refrigerator <laughs> and let it get nice it. and hot. And then let's freeze it. For what it's worth, my timing would have been right, but we had a bit of a recording snafu earlier that nobody knows about, but that I think is where my timing got mixed up. So I don't, I'm going to keep pouring out little bit by bit because it is not fully frozen. This is embarrassing. I mean, I know. I don't, but there's, I almost bought another bottle when I got my other mind circus, but they were out. They were out. They had no more. Where'd you go? What do you mean? Where'd you go? Oh, spice. Your other- <laughs> We're talking about recording snafus. It's like, don't tell me something went wrong. I'm right here. No. <laughs> no, I no. went to Spikes, and, and there were plenty of, of Mind Circus, maybe for obvious reasons, but there were no Happy Hops, hopefully for obvious reasons, because I am tasting it little bits at a time, and I'm enjoying what I'm getting. But my point All is right. you might have to be sort of the, the captain of this ship today. Well, I was about to dive into it before you interrupted me to share. I just want to be honest. Your, 
your epic, you're chewing on Happy Hops. <laughs> I, it's like a goddamn slushy. It's what, pretty this good. Show, I, I'm gonna quit the show. I Don't swear do to God. that. Jesus. After Christ. all we've been through, freezer beer, unbelievable. You know, it happens to the best of us, and you, you were trying to, you're trying your hardest. I really was. I, man. I, I give you that. Thank you. Um, you went from too warm to too cold. You are hot, then you're cold. You know, Max, you're yes, then you're no. Oh, I, oh nice. Oh, a little artist in you. Yeah. So, you know, I applaud the effort. Uh, F plus overall, though. Yeah, so fair. I'm going to defer to myself, uh, henceforth, thusly, for opinions about this beer. Yeah. Happy, happy hops. You smell it. It smells real good. You drink it. It's because it is really good. This is a tremendous beer. This is essentially what I feel like maybe a single IPA version of Pliny could be. Ooh. Uh, Pliny the Elder is a notoriously large double IPA. Maybe the, excuse me, maybe the best in the world. Definitely one of the highest rated in the world for yes. years on end. And I feel that Happy Hops is, when I say a session IPA, like you're just, it's not. You're toning it down from a double. Yes into a single IPA that's 6.5% that is immensely crushable. Secret time, okay? Circle of trust. No one's no one's listening, right? It's just you and me, Max. It's you and me and everybody listening to this podcast, but we'll keep it between all of us. I don't think I've ever had this beer. I might have had this in a sampler at Russian River, like a little, little two-ounce guy, but like I don't think I've ever no, had a pint that's of this not, beer. That's not correct. Isn't it? You have had it. And this is my only other saving grace, by the way, because at least I, I know I've had this beer before. And the reason I know that is because I had it on tap at my wedding. Oh, my God. That's right. So, I drank so much of it. that You drank so, you drank so much that you forgot you drank it. Well, uh, I, we had started drinking in the morning while we no, were putting we on our didn't. suits. Yeah. I was totally. No, I was very. I was stark, stone cold sober. At well, that you moment. were like the only one. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I guess stone cold sober. But my point is, um, I've had this beer before. It's really good. I'm the only person at that point because it was that was right when it came out, give or take. It didn't exist on draft anywhere. And I, the person we got it from was like, "Hey, this isn't a thing that happens, but I can get you this keg if you want it." And in my brain, I was like, "There's gonna be like seven or eight people at my wedding that will appreciate that, but let's do it." You know? Yeah. Because I'm one of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or so I, I thought. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just I forgot completely. Yeah. That that day was a blur of yeah. like Emotions. I was so much more invested in crying at how beautiful you two were oh, than like sweet. noting a beer. So Fair. I'm sorry, I'm an amazing friend. My bad. <laughs> You're forgiven. Okay. So this is like the first time that I've really sat down and taken on happy hops with a critical Fair. tongue. You know, and really just sat down and tried to to get to the nitty-gritty of the happy hops. And the nitty-gritty is the happy hops. Makes Johnny a happy boy. This beer is really good. Like, whoa, damn. Um, and the fact that it's available and fresh. This bottle is as, at least a month and a week fresher than our Mind yes. Circus. I yeah. believe this is from like uh, 312, three, somewhere in that yeah, range. Yeah, I've got so, 326 on mine. So 326. So, so yeah. you're looking two at weeks? Maybe. two weeks old. That is absurd. You're getting world-class IPAs from a world-class brewery inside of three weeks. Uh, this is phenomenal. This is one of the best beers we've done on the show this year. Yeah, I think – so my – I just – I'm struck by how cold it is. You know, I've never had a beer maybe this cold. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing at Russian River, but is this what cold oh, fermenting means? Because shit, it's good. I thought Russian River was in Santa Rosa, <laughs> not Tahoe. Yeah. So I actually, so I got, I've been pouring it as you've been talking. Like it's kind of been, I got like three or four ounces in my glass. 
I just um, picture you like full on shake weighting the spear into a glass. <laughs> um, no, for a minute I was like, this isn't going to cut it. Cause I was pouring, I was tipping it and like nothing was coming out. Um, but it, the ice had slid to cover the opening and then I set it back down and then I flipped it again and I've got a good amount. Um, so I've been sipping that a little bit. It's it, you're totally right though. Joke, joking aside, it's an amazing beer. Like I tried it before, mm. before my wedding. So I had, I love this beer. I've loved it for a very long time. And I'm glad that since almost, what is it, a year and a half ago since I first tried it, it's still holding up. They haven't changed it. I love that. I hate finding out that a beer that I loved has like, they've changed the recipe or done something like change the hops, even like stick if it ain't broke, you know? Exactly, man. This, and it just stylistically, this beer is made for me. Yes, it the, is. Beers like this are why I fell in love with craft beer in the first place. This just bracing bitterness coupled with this odd drinkability, like something this bitter and abrasive shouldn't finish that smooth and be that crushable, but it is. Yeah. And it's this weird tornado of ingredients that like, it just works, man. And the West coast, West coast IPA is alive and kicking and it is completely perfectly exemplified in this beer. This is case in point, Dictionary definition, West Coast IPA that will keep you coming back for more. I've wanted to just keep drinking it. Like if I have like two ounces left, this beer is almost gone. Like I might go buy more instead of going to see you play tonight. Fair, man. I, I, yeah, I think in addition to everything you're saying, I'm a sucker for some history. Um, like we said, this was brewed by a company called the Grace Brothers Brewing back in, in the forties. Um, and they were actually brewing even before that, but it was, it was less official. So if you're hearing this and interested, uh, I think as, yeah, maybe if you're hearing it on, yeah, if you're hearing it even on Friday, check our Instagram, uh, there's going to be a photo of what the label actually looked like back in the day. It was called the happy hops lager. And it's obviously not the same recipe. They've changed it. It's more, uh, it's more suited to today's beer connoisseurs palettes, but, um, I just, there's some great articles and this brewery was shut down back in the day because it was during, uh, I think it was the end of world war one or the beginning of world war two. It must've been, there was like a huge shortage of coal. And this dude named William William Jennings Bryan, he's, his name is well-known in history. It sounded familiar when I read it, but he was going around me like, hey, stop brewing beer. Like you're using up all the coal. We need it for the war effort. Like stop wasting bread. People are starving. Stop using it for, and it was all sorts of like propaganda. He blew out of proportion how much stuff was being used for beer manufacturing, but it was also kind of pretty recent, like in everybody's memory was prohibition. And they're like, yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like alcohol is bad. Sure. Like we can if we drink, we're killing our brothers and sisters overseas or brothers, I guess at that point. Um, I don't know, man, it was wild. So there's a ton of articles. If you Google grace brothers brewing and the history of Santa Rosa, there's a lot of stuff to read. And I was kind of nerding out as we were prepping this episode. And I think that's a, I'm a big sucker for that kind of stuff. So that makes me like this beer even more. Totally. Like anything with a good backstory and some dope history, like for sure will make you love it more. Uh, for me, what what I love the most is just the liquid. This is yeah. this is tremendous. This is, you know, both Pliny and Blind Pig have been like just obvious choices as my favorite beers from Russian River. Mm-hmm. I think much like Mecha Godzilla in uh, Kong Player versus Three, Godzilla, baby. Player Three yeah. has fucking entered. The Someone just fight. pressed start. Okay, exactly because Happy Hops is. Dude, like I want to do a side by side because for me, Blind Pig is better than Pliny, mm. and I love Fresh Blind Pig. I want to do a side by side with Fresh Blind Pig and Fresh Happy Hops for like a no holds barred Russian River showdown, and I'm gonna have to do that like 
in my personal time just to get drunk and be like, decide, like really decide because they're so in my mind, they're, they're neck and neck right now. Like the odds are even, I wouldn't know who to bet on. So this beer is really broadened my opinion of Russian river, like just sitting down and drinking it critically, they are killing the game. And this is just such an approachable single IPA that I'm going to rate this thing super high. Like I love this beer. It's might be my favorite beer from Russian river. Normally I wouldn't advocate putting two beers side by side theoretically, like, like you just did on this podcast. But I think the sort of cultural ubiquity that blind pig has, I'd say most people listening who are beer people and maybe not just movie people have probably had blind pig. So like when you said it, I can, I can conjure what that beer tastes like pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to use that as a reference. Hopefully people can follow along. If you haven't had it, bear with me, but this is, I like this better than Blind Pig. I also like Pliny better than Blind Pigs. And and this is a much different beer than Pliny. And I like it for different reasons. But this is a much smoother version of Pig. You know, Pig's got that really aggressive hoppiness. And there's something really sort it's still incredibly hoppy and bitter. But there's like a round softness that comes in at the end that makes it extra drinkable. Are you getting that? Yeah. And also that has to do with the mouthfeel yeah, and, totally. and the, and the aftertaste and the finish It's way clean. Finish is so clean yeah. and it just dissipates and it yeah. really does leave you wanting more. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and I, man, I love it. And I caught I you was drinking. still drinking. Yeah. Sorry. I'm fine to rate it. If you are, it's a great beer. Let's do it. It's a great beer. It's a, it's a nine two. Yeah. It's an, it's a nine for me, which is it in all, for all intents and purposes, that's basically the same number. I just don't dabble in the decimals as often as you do, but nine and 9.2 are, are very, very close. We both think it's mm-hmm. fantastic. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little, I'm not a little mad. I'm very mad that I froze mine both from a professional standpoint doing this show, but also now I can't drink anymore for a couple minutes. So that's a bummer. Yeah. And for me, like this has to stay on my radar because it's available like I could go down the street and buy this beer for like six bucks and it's, yeah, it's a nine two. It's one of the best beers in America right now. Mm-hmm. Fight me. Ooh, like, okay. The, and the fact that I could just go down the street and get this is insane. Like I need to keep this on my radar more often and purchase this more often. Yeah. For sure. I think I just made it sound like I wanted to fight you. You're like, fight me. And I was like, Ooh, I was actually going to say something different, which is if you had to choose between this and, uh, the Mayberry IPA from El Segundo, where do you think you'd go? Just one for the rest of you. You can't have the other one. Another beer you was- really loved. Money's not an option. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Cause like I liked Mayberry because it was a really affordable four pack in 16 ounce cans. Was it like 12 bucks? Uh, yeah. It's like 12, 13 bucks. Like mm. Mayberry is more affordable than Happy Yeah, Hops. money money's not that, part of it. Just just which beer okay. do you think is superior? Just on for you. Just on flavor. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've had fresh Mayberry, but mm, it's true. from what I remember versus this, I would pick this one. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's my tendency to romanticize things in my past, but I would go Mayberry. Wait. Let me think back. We, I mean, we nerded out on Mayberry pretty hard. Actually, I was drinking a Mayberry when we first launched Beer Madness last year. I remember yeah. I was, I bought a four pack of that because we had, I think we just covered it on the show. Was that, oh, and it was in the running for the bracket too. So that makes total sense. And then it lost kind of early. So it's always been this kind of Cinderella story of a beer that I, it stayed true in my brain and like is gonna always have a place in my heart. And this one's good too because it was yeah, at my wedding. Like there's a case for both. 
every tournament I have a beer apparently from El Segundo that I think should fucking win and it gets eliminated in the first round. That's a good Last point. year was Mayberry. Yeah. This year was Radioactive Fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, good brewery. You know, uh, I, I have to say that I'm going to change it. I, I would yeah. probably, mm-hmm. I would say Mayberry because thinking back on our first review of Mayberry, it, immediately upon it touching my lips, I knew that there was no way that it could not be a 10. Yeah, yeah. And the bar was set that high that it's the reason that Happy Hops isn't a 10. Yeah, fair enough. I get, yes, I get that. So, like, really just thinking about my experience with with Mayberry, like, it would would take the cake. But this is a, a real close second, and, you know, that maybe... Player three, Mayberry, fresh, enters the room. We have a Mayberry, Happy Hops, Blind Pig face-off. That'd be great. I'd, I'd be there for that. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. At some point, we'll be doing the show long enough where we just have a bracket of beers that we've done on the show. You know? That'd be fun. I'm also trying to find the episode that we did the Mayberry beer on, and I can't seem to find it right now. I should just look up on our compendium, but I don't think it's on there either. So if you can find it, let me know. I did a quick Google search, but it didn't come up for me. Um, in any case, Happy Hops, Russian River. It's a 9.2 for Johnny. It's a 9 for me. Are you, sir, okay to jump into Hot and Bothered? Yes, I am. Here's a fun sound. Hot and Welcome to Hot and Bothered. If you never heard the show before, that's the part of the show where we talk about what has us very excited or very upset this week. It could be movies, could be beer, could be music, could be a problem with your transmission. We'll get into it. But before we do, I just want to clarify, it was episode 156 that we talked about Mayberry IPA from El Segundo. We also covered, that day we covered the movie Cats, The King, which actually I think we both really enjoyed, a film called Bombshell, and a beer from East Brother Beer. Uh, So very, very content-heavy episode. That was back in, let's see here, I think it was January of 2020? Yeah, January 8th. So Mm. check it out if you want. It, It was a glowing review. I think, yeah, we both gave... Mayberry tens. It was man, great beer that was. So Johnny Summers, let's call you hot or bothered yeah, this week. So much, man. Uh, I had a great road trip. Wait, can I you give me the bad? If there's bad, can you give me the bad first? I just like to oh, get it out of the way. You want you want the bad first because then I can look forward to the good. In fact, I will give you my bad too. So let's do bads and then goods, shall we? Bothered okay, then hot. First time in a long, first time long time. Yes, that we've both had bads. Yeah, right. Yeah, we bothereds. That's what it's called. Correct. It's our segment. Fuck. Use that brand name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my bothered. I had to do something that I don't like doing because mm. I've been in the food service industry before, but it is something that I will do if forced, if backed into a corner. Mm-hmm. I will send food back. What happened? All right. And so you're on blast yeah, yeah. right now from, from now on in this podcast, you're on blast North coast brewing. I'm looking at you right in the eyes. Oh snap. All right. Well, all right. Yeah. So I was up in Fort Bragg this last weekend over Easter and we had a nice Saturday evening, Easter Eve dinner mm-hmm. inside at North coast. They had just opened for indoor dining. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool stuff. Like very exciting I personally couldn't remember if the food at North Coast was, like, good. Yeah. But I just knew that it was, like, a place you go when you're in Fort Bragg. And I kept it so safe. Oh, I no. ordered the goddamn 
hamburger. That's upsetting. Yeah, I sent a hamburger. Back, how how Max. Did, did they ask you how how you order? Like how do you how do you order a hamburger usually? How do you have it cooked? Uh, if they ask, yeah, I will order medium rare. Obviously, my question then is, did they ask? They did. Okay. And how did it come out? Um, uh, charred. Oh, well, dry. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Over sucks. well done. <laughs> So I ordered a pub burger on a pretzel bun mm. with bacon jam and a medium rare locally sourced ground beef patty. Yep. What I received was a burned pretzel bun on oh, the top man. and the bottom and an overcooked patty and no bacon jam. It was so dry and unedible. I took like three bites and I'm like, I'm going to need like a side of mayo and like a side of bacon jam. Yeah. I'm going to have to put in some work and like see if I can fix this. Yeah. And then it just hit me like, or <laughs> someone else is getting paid to do yeah. that. Like, yeah, that's in my, I like to fulfill my role in like in whatever role I am supposed to be playing sure. in the world. And at this moment, my role is the consumer, not the cook. So yeah, I'm sorry. Like I had to send it back and I I was super chill with the yeah. waitress because she felt bad. And I'm like, you didn't make it. Like, I'm not going to yell at you. Like that, no one's to be fair, That you. makes it sound like you would yell at the chef. And I don't even think you'd do that. No, you'd be like, would, Hey man, like, can you just look like, I don't think you did this on purpose, but that's not food. <laughs> so. Yeah. So what it felt like was that they had made that burger like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And like it was like a mismake or something, and mm. it just hung out, and it just got overcooked, and the bun got burned, and it, it, there was no bacon jam. It was very it, the TLDR here is that I just got a bummer. Yeah, I just got a bummer of a burger, and I, I had to send it back. They took it off the tab, and I just had like a side of fries. Like, do you want me to bring something else? And I'm like, no. Oh shit, you were past it. You were like, that's fine. Like you lost your appetite, kind of. Yeah, pretty oh, much. That's a bummer. Yeah. Do you have another beer? Uh, Oh yeah. yeah. Two more beers. Nice. What'd you have? Uh so I had the Laguna Baja Mexican style lager. Yeah. And then uh 20 ounce scrimshaw. Oh, nice, dude. So yeah, I mean the beers there are solid and they always will be solid. And a strong shout out to the the fried Brussels sprouts with the anchovy uh balsamic. It was very good. Great appetizer. But uh yeah, it it's always awkward trying to send food back, but try and do it as tactfully yeah. as you can. I mean, like it's never the waitress's fault. And like, honestly, I'd love to go back and like, I could have made a better burger. Like I'm not even being yeah. a dick. Like yeah, yeah. I have, like I've regularly made better burgers at my house. Like you have a professional kitchen and you still fucked it up. Like yeah. I wouldn't yell at him, but I'd love to, I'd love to have. A, what were a you chat. thinking? <laughs> yeah. And maybe like you think that the, it would be like, you know, we were busy sorry it was an accident i here's a better burger but yeah it could also be like it's my mother's recipe that's how i've been making burgers my whole life and then yeah. it's like what are you y'all are putting this out exactly when yeah and you yeah go ahead you want to assume that they would do better but like at that point i was over it but yeah yeah I, yeah i'll give them another chance maybe i had better better food down at the the wharf in noyo harbor where we could just get like food at the dock yeah so, so when I was there a couple weeks ago, I also had some beers. I had uh, Old Rasputin, obviously. I also had a scrimshaw. It was great. The problem mm -hmm. with that trip for me is that on the way up, my car was giving me some issues. It we, At mm -hmm. one point, we had to stop kind of on an incline in that kind of winding spot 
you know, the whole sort of 20 or 30 miles to get across to the coast. Uh, and yeah. Gianna had to throw up cause she gets chronically car sick and we had to stop kind of on an incline and the car was sort of alert. Like my minivan was like kind of lurching, trying to like, uh, what's, I don't know, car terms. I'm gonna do my best. It's idling up and we got the foot on the brake. Then you kind of let it off and you go a little bit more and it rolls a little bit. And it's like, and it like does that. And I'm like, I know what that sound means. It means there's a problem with the transmission. So brought it home, had it looked at it is the transmission. My van's got 275,000 miles on it. And about 30,000 miles ago, maybe 40, the transmission was replaced. So that's extra frustrating. So I'm going to get it replaced again with a used one with a bit of a warranty. And that was just a bummer. So that's what's happening in my life that has got me a little bit bothered. Yeah, that is a little bit bummery, man. Uh, were you able to make it back okay from that trip? Yeah, and I didn't, it was fine after the hill stuff. And then I got back to town and I was driving around with my window down and there was just like a little kind of like ticking sound, like something that wasn't usually there. And I was like, I think I should just have it looked at just to be safe. You know, it's kind of, now that I'm getting gigs again, like it should make sure that my car runs. Yeah, you want to get to the gigs. Yeah, and now the good news of Hot and Bothered is the Bothered is behind us. So Johnny Summers, what has you hot this week? Yeah, man. So you know that I was in Fort Bragg, uh, unfortunately not enjoying a hamburger as much as I could. Don't don't get me wrong. I had multiple hamburgers that trip. That was just the low light. Yep. There were plenty of highlights. I have a problem where like, if I go to a place and I don't know what to order, sometimes I'll get adventurous because I love food. And if there's something that really stands out, I don't. Most of the time, like if if it's like a questionable restaurant, yeah. I'll just order a hamburger. Sure. Cause like safe bet. It can't really let you down that bad. Like mm-hmm. a bad hamburger is still going to be edible. Yes. So, so you think, yeah. The, so my Easter road trip was punctuated with many hamburgers and also whale watching. I went on my first whale watching expedition out of Fort Bragg and I got within, I would say 20, 30 feet of a full size gray whale. That's and like, it was, yeah, it was intense, man. It was very like connect with the ocean. This thing is huge and it's, you get a good captain and he puts you in the middle of a pod of whales and cuts the boat engines. And all yeah. you hear is silence and whales breathing. And it is so <laughs> much louder than you think it is. Yeah, that doesn't sound majestic though. I feel like it's like peaceful and serene in the ocean. All of a sudden it's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but okay, like, yeah, I get it. That sounds good. Like you're just kind of swimming along with them, man. And it was, it was like a two hour whale watching trip. And we ended up following a pod of whales, uh, from Fort Bragg North for about an hour, hour and a half. We stayed with the same pod and they were so cool. And it was so like majestic and just a great day to be out on the water. So, mm-hmm. uh, ended up having a great time and then went hunting for abalone shells, um, all day Sunday, on Easter. Um, it's a bit like Easter egg hunting. Yeah. No, yeah. I was there with with Brian McAllister, and um, we were commenting while we were digging around on this beach that, like, it's really weird that, like, a lot of people are Easter egg hunting, and we're just out hunting for shells yeah. and, like, little crabs and stuff we can play with in tide pools. And, yeah. like, just had a great time. Spent all of Sunday in Mendocino, pretty much. Uh, ate some good food, drank some good beers, and had a good time. And uh, listen to a really cool podcast on the way up and on the way back. And that's actually my second part of my Hot and Bothered. Hit it. Cautionary Tales. If you're familiar with revisionist history, you're familiar with Pushkin Industries. It's Malcolm Gladwell's kind of production company. Mm-hmm. 
And Cautionary Tales is a podcast from Tim Harford. You might have heard of him from his TED Talks, things like that. But Cautionary Tales is a in-depth look at the biggest disasters and miscalculations and poor decisions throughout history, all told through the lens of them being true stories and what we can learn from them. So literally cautionary tales from history uh, as told by Tim Harford, and they deal with a bunch of fun things. Some are funny, some are tragic, some are sad, but there's a ton of them. There's like two seasons on Apple Podcasts, and I have been consuming them voraciously. I love this podcast. I have learned so much. I mean, they talk to psychologists. They really break down like why things are the way they are. And I was just listening to one today and it was called, I think it was just called La La Land. And it had to do with the whole fiasco of the 2016 best picture and the way that the the cards. Yeah. You should listen to that podcast. It'll get you hooked on this one because you think it's about that, but it's about like 50 other things, but Mm -hmm. it all has this one through line that's usually like science related or psychology, like why people behave this way and what they could have done to prevent it type stuff. And it's it's literally learning from history and it's all true stories and you're learning things that you've never learned about. Like I learned a story about a, a ship that crashed off the coast of England. I learned about a guy that faked being a captain in the Russian army in like the 1917 area Mm. and like ended up robbing a mayor's house just because he was wearing a uniform. Dude, it's so enlightening. And if you like learning things and also being entertained, there's no way you can't like it. So I can't say enough good things. You should check out Cautionary Tales and that's available pretty much anywhere. I listen on Apple Podcasts, but it should be available just about anywhere you're listening. Word. I spent this morning, I went to bed kind of late, had a few drinks last night, maybe a few too many. Um, but I was committed to waking up early and helping, uh, Serena and Jacob friends of mine who have a ranch where we keep our horses. We shoveled horse shit for like two and a half hours today. And I noticed just when I punched into our notes, I look at it now. It's like, that looks like a bothered, but it wasn't, it was really nice. So that was really fun. I'm still in the same outfit that I was wearing earlier, (laughs) which I won't describe because if you're driving, I don't want you to crash because you get too excited about my outfit, but it's very rustic and uh, good, but I smell terrible. I'm you, smells you so bad. Barn clothes. Yes, I'm. I'm surprised it didn't affect my ratings of these beers, but it should have probably. I smell terrible. Um, and then very lastly, I'm playing a few more shows. If you're hearing this the day it drops, Friday and Saturday, I am playing at Gold Country Casino over in Orville. I'm playing Friday night with my friend Webster. He's going to be on keys, and then Saturday I'm with my buddy Rob Delgado. He's on drums, and it'll be really fun. We're playing seven to eleven each night on the casino floor. Don't know what that's going to look like. It might be super weird. So if a friendly face popped in to wave, that might be really great. Or it might be really awesome. Uh, Weird could be awesome too. It could be weird and awesome or awesome and not weird. Either way, it'd be fun to see people. So Gold Country, 7 to 11, if you're around in Orville. Swing by Friday or Saturday. It'd be nice to see you. And what are the dates on that? Great question. 9th and 10th, I think. April 9th and 10th. Okay. Yeah. Good looking out. Yeah, because this drops the 9th. Yeah. So yeah, if you're a diehard fan, uh, which are probably the only people that would consider coming to see me, perfect. Be there. I might be there too. So you might get that. Deal. Uh, Johnny Summers, you got anything else this week? Uh, I get my second shot tomorrow, Thursday. So if you're hearing this, it was yesterday. Nice. Uh, so the Thursday of this week. So I may or may not come to your show because I might be like on the couch. Yeah. Sad and I'm going to have, have my first shot right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> but you mean the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, doing my part for science and to make the world a better place so we can all open up. So good for I you, man. Know. We'll Appreciate see. I'll try it. and get out to gold country. I'll do the best I can. Yeah. I mean, I, I would totally accept that as a reasonable excuse. If you're, yeah, you're getting a vaccine. Don't want to infect people. Whatever. Great. I love it. So yeah, I, I get it Thursday. I took the Friday off of work just because I knew the last one made me super tired. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to chill. I deserve it. You know what? I've earned it. All right. You got anything else? No, man, let's get out of here. This is a good episode. I do want to preview real quick before we tell you where you can find us and all that. Next week, we are going to be covering Nobody, the action adventure revenge, possibly. Yeah, flick. I think I think action revenge is probably the move. Yeah, so we'll be featuring Nobody next week and a brewery unknown as of yet. Ooh. I'm going to keep you guys in the dark. We'll drop a little surprisey surprise on you next week with our coverage of Nobody and Beer's to be decided. Yeah, Next. it was also it was also on our radar. Nobody was, but I think Big Ball deserves a shout out for taking the time to send us an email, like a really well thought out email. It'd be like, here's why you guys should cover this movie. So I think shout out, Austin, appreciate it. And that is all I wanted to say. So yes, of course you can find us wherever podcasts are found. You're listening somewhere. If that's a place that you can leave us a rating or review, we sure would appreciate it. If you want more of our dumb voices giving extra beer reviews, movie reviews, top tens, whatever. Going back to 2016, join us on More Patreon. Just me being a silly just, goose. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. I, you know, I like it. I do it every week. I don't have to pay for it. But <laughs> if you want to pay for it, you can. Give us, give us a buck a week. You know, it's four dollars a month. It's super easy to sign up. Um, I believe uh, Brian's on Patreon. So shout out to Brian. Both Brian's, matter of fact. But Brian is back on Patreon. So I wanted to say thanks to Brian for joining again. Um, is he? Yeah, that's exciting. Pretty sure I got that email. I think I missed that email. That's Sweet. super exciting. Yeah. So we always appreciate it, guys. It's it's a fun thing we do. We like doing this podcast. Um, we've spent a little bit more time putting – that's it. We've been putting more time into it. So if you have been kind of on the fence, you're like, I, I want to support the show, but is now a good time? Now's a great time. It would sure mean a lot. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. A rating and review is really helpful to help other people find the podcast. It wouldn't be what it is without Bailey Minardi and all of our patrons and the folks at the Handlebar and the Commons, Johnny Summers, anything I'm missing. Nope, that's it. We love you guys. Watch a good movie, drink a good beer, and be good, most importantly, to each other. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.